The world is closed. We are truly living in historic times. Welcome to the first episode of Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Let's talk about the kingdom. How are you, Pastor McKillop? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. This is a little bit different. Uh, different for me, different for you. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So COVID-19, it's the proverbial elephant in the room, elephant in the world, you might say, yes. um, has a lot of things closed right now. Government offices are closed. We have uh, sports stadiums that are closed. We have public areas that are closed, unprecedented things. Um, and the church churches are even closed. What's going on with this? Is God mad at us? Uh, no. I think it's very important for the apostolic church to understand that, at least from my perspective, I don't, I don't see this even as persecution of the church. As you've already said, the, the response to this is mm. unilateral. It mm-hmm. is affecting the sports world. It's affecting Hollywood. Um, it's affecting the business community. So, and, and for sure, it is affecting the church as well. But I, I do not believe for a moment that God is, is mad at the church. Uh, I think, if anything, the church needs to understand that with all the doors that are closing, this is not proof that God's going out of business, but, but this is actually uh, an opportunity for us to realize that God does some mighty amazing things behind closed doors. Okay, so help me with that. All my life, I have prayed for open doors. I think it's sure. fair to say. Sure. Um, you Absolutely. Know, business, career. I've never really prayed for a closed door. Yeah, that that is a new twist. <laughs> um, and I don't know if any of us have been praying that God would close this door. Uh, and I, I agree. I think, I think Paul's a perfect example of that, that the Holy Ghost... Mm-hmm. impressed upon him that true, there true. was uh, a door that was set before mm-hmm. him, effectual, and it was open for him. So I mean, it's kind of a cliche, right? Oh, God, open a door for me. That's exactly. What we pray, right? it's, exactly. And so uh, I think if any vision is going to become a reality, then we need an open door. Yes. We need it in our careers. Mm-hmm. We need it in, um, we need it for sure in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. We have prayed it for our local church, and we've seen God God answer those prayers and open doors. But um, I I do think that we need to understand, and there's a pattern within Scripture that supports the fact that God God does do some pretty amazing things mm-hmm. when He closes the door. So when it comes to vision, we need open doors. But when mm-hmm. we're looking at prophetic history mm-hmm. and even looking forward. We understand that a lot of a lot of times those moments are defined more by closed doors than open doors. Wow, very interesting. So what you're saying in effect is uh, that there are times that closed doors are a really good thing. Absolutely, they are. Absolutely, I think the the first um, thing that comes to my mind would be the prophet Isaiah in chapter 26. He's, he's admonishing the people, and he says specifically, Come, come, my people, and enter into your chambers and shut the door about mm-hmm. thee. Interesting. Hide yourself, as it were, for a moment, 
until the indignation be passed. So I, I think that we we have proof here that, that God speaking through his prophet to the people is letting them know there will be times that the judgment of God is being poured out. And at that moment, I think a closed door is your best friend. We, we can see this mm-hmm. even in the case of Israel uh, being held captive in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're at the end of of nine plagues. Yeah, a lot of bad stuff. And exactly. Yeah. And at that moment, just prior to the death angel passing over, mm. God gave his people through the man of God, Moses. He mm. gave them a warning. This is how you're going to survive the coming judgment. You go get a lamb, you shed the blood, mm. catch it in a basin, apply it to the doorpost, mm-hmm. and then he's specific. Enter into your house and remain there. We've got to get behind a closed door so that while the judgment of God, Mm. almost apocalyptic in nature, I'm sure it felt that way to Egypt and even to Israel, that while that is taking place, you absolutely, the safest place for you is behind a closed door, and especially if that door has the blood applied to it. Yeah, a lot of safety in the blood. Right. There's a couple more examples in Scripture to kind of Mm. shore this up a bit. And that is Second uh, Kings chapter 4, when the widow, she's lost her husband, and yes. the creditors are coming to uh, take her children. Mm. She has nothing left in the house. The man of God steps forward and says, listen, what, what do you have left? She said, nothing save a little oil. And he gives her specific instructions. Go borrow vessels, not a few. And then I want you to return to your home, and I want you to shut the door. Wow, yes. And the whole mm. supernatural component and intervention of God hinged, pardon the pun, <laughs> on the fact that a door had to close. So there is there is an effect. We see this again in Second uh, Kings chapter 4 a little bit later with the example of the boy that passed away right. in the field. Yes. And his mama goes and gets the prophet, and they had laid him out on the bed. Uh, in the prophet's chamber. And when he walked up those stairs, he didn't stop at the kitchen. He didn't interact um, in the waiting area and in, in the in entertainment side of it. But he went specifically to that room and shut the door. And there's something at that moment that triggers mm. the supernatural power of God. So miracles, the supernatural power of God, intervention, all of that was witnessed repeatedly throughout Scripture behind closed doors. Mm. So we don't just see God's hand at work in open doors, but we see them in closed doors. And if we fail to understand that God is just as much at work behind a closed door as he is in 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 an open situation, mm. then we then we miss God's hand uh, working in our lives especially especially in moments like this. So how obviously I don't want to miss that. I think to for speak sure. for the majority of for people sure. in the world, they want prosperity, they want blessing, they want mir- the miraculous. Well, yeah, the last thing, the last thing that you want also is if you're in Egypt and the judgment of God is going to be poured out, mm-hmm. the last thing you want is an open door. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Go inside. And Go close inside. The door. <laughs> exactly. Now is not the time to be outside. Right. So, how do I make sure that I don't miss those moments? 
I, you know what I'm asking here? Like, mm-hmm. how do I make sure that? Well, I, I think, again, maybe by looking back, we can see ahead. Um, one of the most significant examples of God shutting a door mm. is found in the Genesis account of Noah. Yes, very true. And it is that setting that we understand. And once again, God is God is ready to pour out his judgment on the world. Mm-hmm. And Noah found grace in his sight, and God gave him that direction to, I want you to build an ark, and I want you to be prepared for this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just my, my opinion on this, but I, I don't believe that Noah was caught off guard. So back to your question, how how can I be how can I be ready? Mm. We understand by by looking in Matthew the 24th chapter that as it was in the days of Noah, yes. so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So by looking back, we see this is how it is going to be in the future. He goes on to let us know in that same passage that the world, Noah's world at that moment, knew not mm. until the flood came and took them away. Now, that's a that's a mind warp For to sure. think that Noah could spend 120 years building a boat, mm-hmm. 120 years preaching righteousness, and the society and the world that he was in to be so caught up in their evil imagination and wickedness that they didn't realize all of these are indicators that there is judgment coming and there's a shift coming. But he clearly lets us know they didn't know until the flood was coming. It's like he had an inside scoop. For sure. Now, how detailed do you think that, you know, maybe I, I'm asking a bit out of... I, I don't know if we can answer that um, with like, absolute Was there a countdown confidence. timer, you think? Let me just answer it this way. I, I really do believe that Noah absolutely knew Mm. he was not caught off guard by the flood those that were wrapped up in their evil imaginations and wickedness scripture clearly says that that it wasn't until the flood took them away that it dawned on them this is what is happening but you can't tell me that noah after spending 120 years building this boat possibly, quite possibly, putting the last peg in that ark, finishing it, hanging the doors on the side of it. And then, may we just use our imagination here a little bit? I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but I can see in my mind's eye uh, Noah circling that ark going, all right, God, it's it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done my part. I don't know exactly how it's going to transpire. We clearly know, the Bible says, no man shall know the the day nor the hour and he wasn't told right and he wasn't told right but we do know that the season is nigh and we do know that it's near mm. and i am absolutely convinced that although noah may not have known the specific day or the hour he was aware there was a shift in the seasons something was taking place i don't know when that realization dawned mm. on him but Maybe it was when he's standing there looking at that ark, and all of a sudden, all the exotic animals begin appearing <laughs> in his backyard that that had never been there in a, in a 120 year span prior to that. Something's changing here. 
um, nature itself yeah. is responding. Ooh, I've never seen one of those before. Exactly <laughs> right. So now we have an indicator. Hey, yeah. something's shifting. Something's moving. Again, this is just maybe my personal uh, opinion, but I think that if I was Noah, I would have been spending nights on that ark from the time I finished it. For sure, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to miss. I don't, I don't believe Noah went on a sabbatical at the end of uh, mm. completing that ark. So I, 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 really, I really don't think that it caught Noah off guard. I think it's important that we understand this as it was in the days of Noah. Definitely. So shall it be. In the in the coming of the sun in the days of the coming of the son of man, I think it's important that we understand that the rapture is not God's tool to try to spring it on His church so that you know He can get by with as few spending eternity in heaven with Him as possible. That's something that's not talked about a lot. The rapture. I've always wondered how that exactly is going to line up and how am I going to be able to, are we going to know it's coming? But yet the Bible says it's going to catch us like a thief in the night. Right. You know, so right. maybe looking at the story of Noah kind of helps. Well, I think, uh, I think an interesting contextualization of coming as a thief in the night is who's going to be caught off guard. Hmm. I think when you have two in the bed, one taken, one left, I'm going to venture to say that the one left is the one that's going to be surprised. Again, using the parallel mm -hmm. that until the flood came, until the flood came, they didn't realize what was happening. But Noah knew it. And I believe that, that Noah, until the last day, until the last moment, I believe that Noah was reaching for the generation that he was trying to impact. And and I see, personally, I see this happening right now. I believe that the apostolic ministry, like Noah was, mm -hmm. is probably standing framed by an open door, but it's closing. It's closing. And I can only imagine the absolute awe of the moment when Noah, the first, the first recognition that Hey, that door's shutting. It's moving. <laughs> and nobody's pulling on it. Yeah. And nobody's tugging on it. And wow. Shem, Ham, Japheth, none of them, none of them are leveraging the door. But invisible hands, mm. divine hands, are shutting this door. It had to be a moment that that uh forever marked Noah's life. So circling back to what we started with where I asked, is God mad? If you look at it through the lens of Noah, Noah really didn't think that God was mad at that point. No, we, we, we understand that this was the grace mm. of God. Noah found mm. grace mm. in the eyes of the Lord. So yeah, a little more on the return of Christ, because um, that kind of segues all in together. This kind of lines up with... Uh, the familiar parable that's told of the ten virgins. Absolutely. And that is in the same line of teaching um, where, where Matthew recorded what Jesus said about as it was in the days of Noah. Yeah. So looking back at how it unfolded in Noah's day, we see how 
at least a pattern of how it is to unfold in our day. Um, but looking ahead by, by the, the uh, reference to the, the parable of the virgins, I think it gives us another confirmation. It's line upon line. And we see that we have ten virgins. They are, they are, um, they are not identified by the fact that five were virgins and five weren't. Right. They weren't identified by the fact that five uh, had lamps and five didn't have lamps. They were they were five wise and five fool, foolish. But the defining element was not virginity. It was not lamps. In fact, it wasn't even the fact that that some slumbered and some didn't, because we clearly know they all, they all right. in the tarrying of the arrival of the bridegroom, they all mm. were slumbering and sleeping. So the element that, that separated the five wise from the five foolish is that five had oil and five didn't. And so if you're wondering what you've got to do to be ready, I think the first answer to that is make sure you're full of the Holy Ghost. Yes. You've got to have the oil. It takes more than just lifestyle. It takes more than just virginity. Mm. It takes more than just a lamp, but it takes oil. And so I, I really, to add to that, uh, I really do feel like the it is the responsibility of apostolic ministry in, in days like we're in right now to cry, mm. behold, the bridegroom cometh. Rally. It was it was that rallying midnight cry that awakened all of them, wise and foolish alike. Mm -hmm. And it was when they were awakened to that realization that all of a sudden the five wise said, I, I, I can't get my lamp to light. I'm I am missing something. And so after the after entreating the wise and the wise not capitulating with their request and saying, no, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I don't, I don't have enough oil for both you and for me. Very true. This is, this is, this is a singular responsibility. That's right. Um, you got to make sure you've got the oil. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, the foolish leave in pursuit of, man, I've got to find oil. I need it. Where are you going to find oil when all the doors are closed? It's midnight. Closed doors everywhere. Closed doors everywhere. Again, so reminiscent of mm -hmm. where we are right now. Mm -hmm. So where, where am I going to find oil? The markets are shuttered. There is absolutely no place that I can go find oil. And so they, they come back with that daunting realization only to meet a final closed door. And that is while they were gone, the bridegroom did come back. And the bridegroom took the five wives that had made themselves ready. Mm. And the Bible says specifically that he walked them in and he shut the door. And so now, on one side of a closed door, you've got celebration. Mm. You have got an absolute marriage supper spread. It is a time of joy. It is a time of 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 uniting and celebrating and just on the other side of that door you have utter despair despondency the realization that man I, I i didn't make it in time so before the bridegroom comes the only thing that separates the wise from the foolish is oil but 
after the bridegroom returns, mm. that separation is now identified by a closed door. A closed door. Wow, that's so good, so good. You see revival in all of this, is what you're telling me. Absolutely. I think there's revival in this. I think there's kingdom opportunities in this. Um, and I believe that the apostolic church is going to, if we're not raptured, mm -hmm. if we're not raptured, and I'm not trying to make COVID-19 about the catalyst for the rapture, but, but if we're not raptured, then I believe that the church is going to come out with a strengthened resolve and we're going to step through from behind closed doors and right. there's going to be open doors again. Right, right. It goes and there'll be circle. open doors for ministry again. And so I really do believe that, uh, maybe I could say it this way, that it's, it, it's, it's like God has raptured the church, but just not from the earth. He has raptured her within the earth. And so in the same capacity that the five wives were taken behind a closed door, Noah was behind a closed door. He has taken the church of the living God, the apostolic church, and he has pulled her from her comfort zone, from her ability to meet corporately and to worship God together. And he said, I want you to come away. I want you to, I want you to come behind closed doors. I want the world to experience. This is what it's going to be like just a little taste. Right. This yeah. this is dress rehearsal for what it's going to be like when the church is raptured away. You're going to drive by our church when the rapture takes place and there won't be a car in the yard, just like there wasn't a car in the yard last Sunday. Mm -hmm. And you're going to come beat on doors that are closed and locked and nobody will have a key to open it up. Pews will be empty. No ushers at the door. No pastors in a pulpit. And he's giving the world an awakening to this realization that, you know what? There's coming a day that I'm going to close the door and it's going to be final. What an awakening call for those who may have wandered from God. Oh, what, a, what an opportunity. And that is why I think if we can come full circle to the original question of, do you think God's mad? No, I don't. I think this is the greatest expression mm. of the mercy of God. If you're not right with God and you've wandered from God, mm. this is your moment. What an opportunity. He is allowing you to take this opportunity and to get it right with God before he closes that door that final time. That's it for our first episode of Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. We truly hope you were blessed by what you heard today. Do us a favor before you go and rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. That's all for now. We'll see you again soon. Music